Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike J. He is Mike Guess. We are the Mikes on Mikes. Mike Guess is no longer lonely. How's it going, Mike? Uh, it's going better now, man. I don't have to just carry this fucking thing on my shoulders like a goddamn atlas. I want to say that you did an absolutely fantastic job. Thank you, man. Like at first when I recorded it, I was like, I don't feel like I did a very good job. And then later I listened to it and I was like, nah, fam, you did a pretty good job. You did. You did. And someone else who did a pretty good job. And I'm going to butcher this last name. Killed the transition. And then I'm going to actually kill the last name of this fella. Luke Broxholm. Oh, I think I might have got that. Uh, one R Pickums. He got 29 out of 31. He only missed the bonus question that was, who is the mystery return? Uh, which was Ember Moon, of course. I do, however, want to give an honorable mention just because I saw a little talk on the PWE page. <laughs> I know where this asking is going. who won. I know where this is going. And, and our boy. I don't really know him, but I hope he's a new fan, new listener. Uh, Chris Old, he thought he won for sure. And man, did he call it a little bit later on in the thread. He said, someone probably beat me because of the damn bonuses. He got every match right, but he missed two bonuses. So, you you lost with 27 to 31, but you did a hell of a job, my man. You did a hell of a job. So I will give you an honorable mention to Chris Old. Speaking of PWE... I called them Pro Wrestling Experience last week. They're not. That's not what the fuck they're called. It's not. It's not what PWE stands for. Pro Wrestling Evolution. My bad, guys. I'm sorry. It was 4.30 in the morning. I, I think that it's all forgivable. I Let's briefly, before we get into it, I want to... I, I want to go back for this podcast and touch on some of the things that you touched on your own. Um, a little bit of group touching going on is what I want to experience <clears throat> today. It's Dutch Rudder, man. It's Dutch Rudder. Nothing gay about it. I touch my dick, you touch your dick, we just lock arms. And the motions of our arms moving moves each other's arms. Nothing gay about it. No, <laughs> Nothing gay about it no at all. No dicks being touched. But, I, before that, NXT TakeOver, we just did the, announce the winners of the Pick'ems. Mike, that was a... I'm sorry, that was a five-star takeover for me. Every single match was good, or great, or fantastic. I mean, pick pick your poison. There wasn't a bad match on the card. Uh, and I think they all borderline from good to great. Yeah, it was a solid show. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a developing storyline with Adam Cole and Ridge Holland... It's probably halted after this Wednesday's NXT because Ridge Holland blew his ankle and his knee out while catching Oni Lorcan from a suicide dive. So there's that. No. Oh, no. What do they say? It ain't ballet. Also, Dave Meltzer gave the Balor-O'Reilly match a fucking 4.5. He would not give them a five stars. 
Uh. <laughs> so. You know, I've been thinking about his ratings here recently. Um, <laughs> his his bias is showing. So, <laughs> admittedly, the best friends in the Santana and Ortiz match was a pretty fucking great Falls Count Anywhere match. Sure. Admittedly. Admittedly. Like, probably maybe... One of, if not the best, false count anywhere hardcore match I've ever watched in my life. Right? I don't. I don't know that I would go that far, just because there's been a few that are really tag good. But it's definitely for tag teams. It's certainly the best one I've ever seen. Okay, tag teams. Yeah, I don't even know how many of those I've seen, but tag teams. Yeah, I would definitely give you that argument. But to say that that match was better than O'Reilly Balor, um, to say that that An match, actual wrestling no, match, to say yes. To say, but like, it's not just like O'Reilly Balor, is it? Right? He also thinks that Santana Ortiz and the Best Friends had a better match than Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Like, he also thinks that that was a better match than uh, any of the amazing things that Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano have been doing the last two years. It's just I like. That's what I don't get about his, like, I think he needs to, like, say, like, you know, this was a five-star match for a tag team false count anywhere. But, like, how are you going to justifiably say that that's a better match than, like, an actual <laughs> fucking wrestling match? I mean, you can say it. It's certainly, but... like, matches that are considered some of the greatest matches of all time. But he just can't. Like, he just, he just can't. Yeah, like I said, you can say it, you'd be wrong, but you can say it. Anyway, uh, fantastic takeover, and another huge takeaway from takeover, Mike, we're getting Halloween Havoc back! I've been saying that they should do that for months. I popped, I actually yelled, holy shit, uh, out loud. <laughs> You've been listening to this so show? I'm pretty... At any point, you know, we've been open about they need to bring Halloween Havoc back. And I'm sorry. I, I'm happy that Halloween Havoc's back. I'm not going to be happy until Spin the Wheel make the deal. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm not going to say that it's not a possibility. I think it's totally a possibility, Mike. Like, I think it's it would be an amazing concept for this. But, hey, whatever. It f perfectly fits NXT. Spin the wheel, make the deal, guys. Come on. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Mike, what let's is roll it? into... When the, when the wheel spins, your fate begins, or some shit like that, too? Wasn't there another <laughs> thing like that. like that? I have to look it up. I'll, I'll have it, it could be. Uh, uh, another segue that we're going to spin into, how about that, Mike, is your topics last week. I know there were some things you wanted to expand on with me. I, I listened. I voice recorded some notes for myself, Mike. So here we go. Let's okay. start out right here. Travel Chief gimmick is flipping awesome. People who have a problem with that gimmick, they just don't like Roman, Mike. I mean, there's no way they like Roman, Mike. There's I, no way. I had more thoughts on this later in the week. Um... 
It's not a gimmick. It's not a gimmick, guys. Um, it's real life. It's not even just like real life. It's everybody's like, oh, I hate this gimmick. It's a fucking nickname, first of all. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're like, right. You're totally right. That'd be like right. that'd be like calling Triple H. Oh, I hate that that the game gimmick that he does. Well, that's not his gimmick. Uh, that's not his gimmick at all. It's a fucking nickname. It's a yeah. You're and right. On top of that, it's a badass nickname playing into his family's history with this fucking company and what he's trying to convey right now. Okay. Yes, he's been the fucking yep. top dog in this company for the last fucking five years. Everyone knows it. He's aware that you fucking hate him for it. But also, he's a bad motherfucker and you can't stop him. So, of course, if you're fucking Samoan and you're a bad motherfucker that no one can stop. First of all, if I was a Samoan, if I was a Samoan that lived in fucking Ohio, right, and I was a badass, (laughs) I would call myself the tribal chief. Just because it's a fucking (laughs) sweet nickname. Right? Like, tell me, like, if I was a fucking Native American, which I am, 116th, like everyone else in the fucking world, right? Um, <laughs> uh, I would call myself the fucking chief. Like, I, if I was just like, like, I would call myself, like, I don't know, what are they called? I, the reservation? The res chief is what I, I got, like, an actual Native American friend, and he always talks about the res and, like, shit like that. So I would be like, I would call myself the Res Chief. Um, but, like, I just don't get, go ahead, man. I talked about it too much last week to you. It's all good, man. And also, like, people were complaining that we're getting Roman Reigns and Jay Uso in a Hell in a Cell. And here's the thing. I know that sometimes they get repetitive with these matches, okay? Like, we're doing the same thing on Raw. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, in Hell in a Cell for, like, I don't their third or fourth match. But here's the thing. Every one of their matches has gotten progressively better. And I have no reason to doubt Uso and either Uso, but either way, and Roman in a Hell in a Cell is going to be fantastic. How could you be against that? We're continue and it's storytelling. Same with Drew and Randy. People bitch that WWE doesn't do long-term storytelling, and then when they do long-term storytelling, they bitch that they're doing the same thing too much. Like this is a developing story. It's not just matches. There's story behind it. In in, in the Drew uh, Orton ambulance match, you had the legends who Randy Orton quote unquote killed throughout this path to the ambulance match, come and get the revenge. And now Randy wants one more shot to prove that he can do this. And what better place to do that than Hell in a Cell? We're telling a story. It's the same thing here. This is, I don't think, going to last past this, which I think is good. But we're going to get Roman literally, not literally, but like figuratively, literally, kill his own flesh and blood, right? Going to prove his point, man. I mean, he's going to show you, look, it wasn't enough what I, I embarrassed you, and now I'm going to destroy you, because that clearly wasn't enough. I love every part of this, Mike. I'm super 
into what they're doing with Roman <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. This might be like the best actual WWE for me personally. Don't get me wrong. There's gonna be SmackDown's like, kicking ass. There's gonna be like stories that I like. People are gonna like better. Kofi at WrestleMania, uh, Becky Lynch, shit like that, maybe. But for me personally, yeah, those were organic stories. So I understand for that. For me this personally, this is a storyline. This is the most interesting storyline they've done in maybe five years. It's fantastic. It's, it's fantastic. And yes. Beyond, it's like... It's just so... It's so different from everything they've done over the last yep. five to ten years. It just feels different. And it's drawing. It is. You, you're right. It's drawing on that family lineage that we all are aware of. It's fantastic, and what, like, okay, you brought that up, and when we were watching Clash of Champions, and they're doing the package, and this, that, and the other, my wife was like, he, they're all related to all those people, she, she knew, but didn't know, you know what I mean, and I'm like, yeah, like, and they, I don't even, did they bring The Rock up, and I don't even remember, I was like, and The Rock, I said, and, I was like, and Nia Jax is related, and Tamina, and she's like, Holy shit. I was like, yeah, and, and that's why this makes so much damn sense. And is it going to culminate, culminate, I can't pronounce that word, in WrestleMania against The Rock? Maybe. And guess what? I'm all for that, too. Um. Okay. So I have to, like... Because I famously said, I don't know famously, but I've said, (laughs) uh, I could do without ever seeing The Rock in a WWE ring ever again. Mm But, (laughs) but, that was before the possibility of The Rock trying to stop an unstoppable heel tribal chief Roman Reigns backed by Paul Heyman. Trying to stop someone who discounted everything The Rock has done for that family and make it about himself. Yes. Like, I mean, if we're coming back for The Rock for a family blood feud, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm cool with that. (laughs) Like, I'm super cool with that if that's what we're doing. Yeah. Because, like, look, man, The Rock doesn't have to win the Royal Rumble for that to happen. You know what I mean? Like, this doesn't take a... And and I'm sorry, The Rock, even though he hasn't wrestled for, I I mean, how long he hasn't been in a WWE ring since the Fox premiere last year, like, I don't care. The dude's a draw. He gets eyes on the product. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Straight up. And I'm all for it. Let's move on. Uh, I think I'm going to go in the order that you went in. Uh, AEW one year later, Mike. Uh, I feel like your take was spot on. They're a good, not great wrestling show. Um, They've done a lot of the things that 
or, or I should say a lot of the things that they've done were un- unexpected and probably not what the majority of fans thought. And I don't think it's necessarily been done in the best way. Um, I think that it works against them. And I think that they could do things. Like, I feel like they're trying to get on track now. Uh, we got Omega in a tournament for the title. We got the Young Bucks pissed off and wanting FTR. And I understand. I understand putting Mox in there. Uh, or I'm sorry, putting Jericho in there as a first champ. I was all for that. It all made sense. Uh, establish that title with someone who has a history that American fans more than, you know, anything can really, really relate to. That being said, it sure feels like they drug their feet with the other stuff. And I'm not saying that that's just going to fix everything, but you're right, man. They're like the upside down version of WWE and, that's been my biggest problem with that company from the start. And I don't hate AEW. I watch it and more and more I find things I enjoy. I just, I feel like I'm so, WWE is so inbred to me because it's what I grew up with. It's the company I chose in the Monday Night War. You know what I mean? That like watching a, in my opinion, watered down version with smaller guys that do a way more flips and do things in the matches that drive me nuts just doesn't make me go doesn't make me mark out you know what i mean doesn't get your wrestling dick hard it it doesn't i and don't get me wrong there's matches they have that are great but to me and I heard people say that, oh, AEW tells stories and NXT doesn't. And man, we've had discussions, me and you, both agreeing that the AEW, one of their problems is they don't really tell long-term stories at all. You said last week they have three-week three, three week blood feuds. Like, that does not make sense. I can't. I just can't get behind a three-week blood feud, man. I can't. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I think your take was spot on. I think that they're I think they're gonna be fine. Uh I think I don't know that they're ever going to change the universe as they initially stated. Uh I think if the next topic we talk about gets drug out, it will come into play for them as well. And it could affect them negatively, uh, depending on how things go. But I, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be around for a while. I don't think they're going to change the world. I don't think they're going to put WWE in the ground. I think that would be bad for everyone. I think we can all agree on it. It's nice that now guys have leverage um, and can make their work environments better, which leads me to the next subject of WWE and Twitch. All right. I agree with you, Mike, that, you know, it's a pretty shitty move to take money off of talents that are making outside. Uh, if there's truth to the report that it's counting against their downside guarantee, I mean, that's complete utter bullshit. Unless it's because they're using their WWE name, which I think both of us agree. Well, I mean, that is what it is, right? I mean, as shitty as I think this all is, um... 
Robert Downey Jr. couldn't uh I don't think that this is actually now that I'm like into this I don't think that this is like a good um a good comparison I was gonna say Robert Downey Jr. can't just start like pretending he's fucking Tony Stark and playing video games online right I was like they wouldn't allow it but I think they would actually now that I'm thinking about this I feel like Robert Downey Jr. could pretty much just do whatever he wants you know uh so that's not a good comparison uh and then I was gonna say like LeBron James can't just like start streaming games online wearing Lakers stuff and I was like but he can um, I guess the difference is they own the name. You just can't, there's no other, I guess, like, I guess porn stars are the only other people you could compare these to? Rock stars that use fake names? I don't know, man. It'd be like if someone used Axel, like, owned the name Axel Rose. If someone owned the name Axel Rose, then Axel Rose would be like, like, the record company, like, in his contract, he fucked up. And they're like, he signed over the name Axl Rose, and now, like, he's got a new band, and he's like, yo, I'm Axl Rose, and they're like, yo, no, you can't use that name. You can't sell right. this band with Axl Rose. I get it. So it's kind of like that. Uh, I don't know. I guess it'd be like if a porn company somehow in a contract owned a porn star's name, and you're like, uh, you want to go fuck for someone else. And they're like, well, I'm sorry, you ain't fucking... Uh, slap jack johnson anymore we own slap jack johnson you're gonna have to go fuck under another name and i'm like but i'm slap jack johnson <laughs> and they're like no you're slap jack johnson when you fuck for us so i guess it's kind of like that um i don't know man like at this point everyone knows who the fuck saraya knight is anyway right right well, like anybody that's gonna watch her shit you know who fucking saraya knight is you know who uh aj styles real name is you, like you know these people you like xavier woods man you know who the fuck you're looking for austin creed uh whatever he's right. got multiple shit he can go by so i agree with you 100 percent on this yeah man it's just a fucking name it's just a fucking name stop calling yourself goldberg oh and here's the thing like a, a couple things i want to point out let me see if i can find the quote that uh, okay, this is AJ Styles, who has started using Twitch recently and is going to be affected by this, supposedly. This is what he says. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they expect from us when it comes to our channel. I don't know if it's something they're like, we just want you guys under an umbrella, like a WWE Twitch, and have a set lineup, and here's who is on when. If that's the case, great. Then the fans would know where and when to find us. I don't know if that's what's going to happen. I literally don't know, and unfortunately, I found out the same way a lot of you did, through the internet, which is a shame. Now, here's the thing. This is where people probably would expect, fuck this and fuck that and fuck them, right? But, oh, oh no, here you go. you think it'd be better than that. For guys who are on here trying to not only work for WWE... But to get on here on Twitch and stuff like that, you'd think it'd be a lot easier to communicate with us and us alone instead of whoever it is behind the scenes and them going to Joe Blow and them having more information than us. Is anything set in stone? I don't think anything is. I think it's going to come down to communication. Which, I mean, 
I work for a multi-billion-dollar worldwide company, and communication is terrible. Okay, it's just the way it is in these billion-dollar uh, corporations. Um, let me see. I want to see if I can find the part I was looking for. We don't get to see you. We don't get to talk to you. He's talking about the fans. We don't get to do much. This is the next best thing. I don't know what they're hoping to get out of this. The communication has not been as great as we'd like. There's a lot of us who are all on the same page. We've talked to each other. So clearly, you know, the guys and girls are talking about this. We're facing the same thing. It's it's not all... And it's funny they left that out. It's not all doom or gloom. Oh, that's all they want. I feel like this is an opportunity for me and my channel to say, this is what's really going on, and to b debunk some stupid rumors that are going on. And I... Of course, I can't find the actual part of this I wanted to find because they would leave that out. But uh, there's a part in it where he says that he really enjoys working for WWE and it's not as bad. It, it's a good place to work is what he says. He literally says it's a good place to work. Like, and they conveniently left that quote out of the article I found and I had read it before in a different version of the article. The thing is, he's basically saying... There's a communication breakdown between the stars and the office. They just want to know what's going on. They want to know how it's being presented, and they'll handle it from there. And, and here's the thing. You kind of, you said this would be where I would walk. But I, I, I the point I want to make... Because AJ also, in the part that I can't find, and know he says something like, no one's out here making millions of dollars playing video games on Twitch. And I imagine that AJ is one that does make over a million playing wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Like, if you're a bottom-level guy or girl and you're, you know, making, like, 80000 a year, I don't know if that's something they do, but I'm just taking a stab in the dark, and you are have a, as I've been told on the Internet, an account like, Page who's making forty five grand a year before Twitch takes their cut, or forty five grand a month before Twitch takes their cut, maybe it's worth it to you to jump and leave and void that contract, get fired, whatever. But here's the thing: most of these people are doing this in their free time and make a little bit of extra money. Some of them aren't even doing it for the money; it's just a free time thing. You'd have to really—you're not going to go somewhere right now and make more money than WWE. So you'd really have to be tied to this Twitch thing. It's not about to them. not want to do this. It's not about them. And the forced the forced Twitch thing that you kind of brought up, that Andrew Yang kind of brought up, that someone contacted me and they're being forced to do Twitch channels now, is being disputed by multiple quote unquote uh, journalists now, wrestling journalists. Um, that that's not true, or they haven't heard that from anyone other than Andrew Yang. I think someone's playing with that dude. Maybe. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, if none of these rumors are true, right on, man. I just think that if these rumors are true, it's not I even, mean, like, about the money, man. It's not even about the It's the control. The I get it. That's exactly what it is for me. But again, I also know that if my company... I used to do live videos, Mike. It, it, when we first started this, after a pay-per-view, I would record literally on my drive home a video pay-per-view review. And you know what? I always made sure I took off my work shirt. You know why? 
because the last thing I need is for me to say something stupid on that review wearing my company shirt and then lose a job over it, right? Well, yeah. So, while I know that's not maybe the best example, my point is when you're representing a brand, that brand has a right to kind of ask you to do or not do certain things. Now, when you're under your own name, as long as I feel, as long as they're under their own name and they're not presenting themselves in any affiliation with the company, I don't see why there should be any issue with it. But I don't know if that's the case or not. We don't really know if a case that's the case or not. It's a lot of rumor and uh, innuendo, as some other podcasts might say. Mike, let's take a break. We come back, I want to touch on your last topic from last week, and then maybe briefly the 30 years of Chris Jericho. Hang tight. We will be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why, why you gotta put me on the spot like that? Man, no, time? come on, tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, quick, quick. Use it doesn't force. matter Use what your force. favorite line from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. Well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? <laughs> no, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Well, why don't you join me? The Lord catch him. And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Mayor Matt Logson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time, out on the highway. Excuse my little interruption of the main program here, but um, I like to make dramatic entrances sometimes. So this is Daniel, 
host of the WID Pod Show, and I almost took my last ride. They wanted me gone, but I'm still here. Who are they? <laughs> That's something I can't disclose. But we talk about conspiracies like that on my show. Now, if you're interested in UFOs, government cover-ups, cryptozoology, magic, all the things that go bump in the night, listen live on YouTube at around noon for your midday mindfuck. Or you can find the show on the podcast apps on all of them. It's WID question mark podcast. You also can call my Skype line, like Mike did, the brave one, and talk to well-known guests or share your own paranormal story. But be aware, sometimes it gets dark and disturbing. So are you ready to take this ride? I'll be waiting for you on the other side. Now back to the two mics on mics and the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. Best show about professional sports entertainment. WID podcast. Oh man, he had a Satanist on this week, Mike. Oh, did he? I've been needing something to listen to. It is super fascinating. Uh, last week, John Preston was back to talk about Yellowstone National Park and uh, what's you know, going on in Yellowstone. Gonna, is it gonna blow? Is it not gonna blow? Oh, I is go it? listen to that one right off the bat. Word. We're talking about Yellowstone blowing up. I heard if Yellowstone blew up, it would be like basically anywhere. If you like, if you live in North America, you're fucked. Uh, basically, the way he described it is the entire world's fucked, but you know, over time. Whereas the blast zone, you're fuck fucked. And then the rest of America, like us, we're fucked in like two to three weeks. You have to go and listen to it. Uh, and, and then the episode was Satanist. Uh, I believe his name was Winter Lake. Uh, you know, as both of us, you know, God believing men, it was a very interesting take and not all, I mean, definitely different than Christianity, but I'm not going to say more spiritual than I realized, if that makes sense. Just an interesting take on another side of life, Mike. So check out our buddy Daniel. Um, you know, with Halloween, he's doing some 
With it being October and the month of Halloween, he's doing some special things. And another group of guys doing special things for Halloween, Nostalgia Highway Podcast. Go check them out. Uh, they're going to be doing something special for us, and we're going to be returning the favor for them. So you're going to want to check both podcasts out in October. Just just, just do it. Go. Uh, after the show, go download. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, you ended the show last week with wrestling corporate wrestling and how wrestling should be counterculture uh that being mainstream is kind of what's ruined wrestling for everybody and while i totally understand what you're saying i almost almost totally disagree really yeah and let me let me state my case and i think you might understand where i'm coming from you see, I, we're both musicians, right? Mm-hmm. And the music scene is always, especially the local music scene, it's counterculture. Uh, I was in a band that was, even though lyrically we were very counterculture, I, I, the ideals, the content was very aggressive, very offensive. However, our style, our music style, our presentation... For local scene, very mainstream, if that makes sense. If you're a local music person, you understand what I'm saying. We were very popular in the area, but with the scene, didn't fit in at all. They hated us because we were different. You know what I mean? Uh, It it, it was a shame because it should have worked out. You know, it should have been something that the scene embraced because we brought people to the scene. Um, because we were more mainstream. Uh, ECW, man, they are counterculture, were counterculture to the core. The problem with counterculture, Mike, the punk scene of the 70s and the 80s, it doesn't last because you need mainstream to keep things going. You need that wide audience to buy in to fund. Um, you need you need to become a household name. When when wrestling was territories before Vince bought everything up, it was literally confined to the area of that territory. The incomes confined to the area of that territory. You know, the stars. I know they jumped around, so maybe it didn't affect the stars as much, but I'm sure there were territories that had a harder time getting bigger stars because they didn't make the money. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, you know, to go back to earlier, if wrestling wasn't mainstream, we probably wouldn't have to worry about stars making money on Twitch and the (laughs) the company taking it away from them. Because who cares if... uh, Austin Jenkins is streaming on Twitch, right? But people want to watch Adam Cole do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I have uh, some counter thoughts to this. Um, I think... So, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you need funding. And you need mainstream audience for that funding, right? To have to have what we have right now, Mike. Okay. I'm, to have I hate what we have right now, Mike. I okay, fucking but hate it. No, hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Hold on. To have what we have right now as in No, go ahead. Actually, let you 
you talk, and I want to gather these thoughts. You Go can. Ahead. Uh, I think. Okay. So, I I don't want to argue that like WWE's not making money like hand over foot right now. They are right. But, Every year they make more money than ever before. But this all plays into my argument. So go ahead. <laughs> um, the best time in the business was the late nineties. Yes, when they I made agree. when they made fucking money, right? I don't disagree with that. And and how and how. Did they make all that money, Mike? Nope. They made money. Hold on. No, I'll answer the question for you. They made money by embracing their counterculture status and by accepting what, hold on, hold on. And by accepting what they were and, uh, not just accepting, but shining a light on their counterculture status. It made them cool and made the mainstream audience come to them. I'm not saying right. we don't want a mainstream audience. That's fucking great because let's fucking make that money hand over foot, right? What yep. I'm saying is, at the end of the day, we shouldn't have that audience being entertained by a fucking board of directors. I understand that point, but here, here's That's my argument. That's where we have fucked up because now all that counterculture shit that made the mainstream audience come and watch... We've done away with. It's gone. It's gone. And now we're back to, and don't get me wrong, it was always a children's show. But now we're back to a children's show. That like, sure, it's making money hand over foot. But fuck, it sucks. It fucking sucks. And it sucks because it's a corporation now. It's not a renegade Vince McMahon out there fucking saying like, let's go spray motherfuckers with beer and show them titties. And like, that's like, that shit's gone. It's gone. And no one gives a fuck about this shit that we have now. We just left with this pale, limp dick fucking representation where they're like, no, this is still wrestling. Like, and we're like, I, I mean, yeah, it's wrestling, but like, shit, man, like, I remember when it was good. And it was good when they just embraced who they fucking were. Except Vince McMahon's got this goddamn need to be on ESPN and have fucking Mike Tyson on shit. And even when you were counterculture, you still have fucking Mike Tyson on shit. Oh my gosh, I'm going to let you talk. Okay, here's the thing, Mike. I didn't say counterculture's bad. I, I, I love it. Here, but it only gets you so far. So it pulled all the fans in. It pulled all the mainstream fans. But here's the deal, man. How many times? How many times? Have they tried, they've dipped their toes back into a little bit edgier programming, and how much backlash is there? I'm not saying Society even got to be changed. edgy. It doesn't have to be edgy, man, but embrace the counterculture for the time. Every counter, every like decade, every fucking generation, its counterculture is different than the generation before it. Ours was motherfuckers that listened to fucking heavy metal, flip people off, had fucking war jankos for some reason. 
Uh, <laughs> and, and that was our counterculture, and that's the count of our fucking time. Limp Biscuit was like the biggest fucking band in the world, and they embraced that fucking we- ah, God. We had the worst counterculture maybe of any fucking generation, but they embraced it. But they fucking embraced it, and it worked. What they're trying to do, edgy, was our counterculture. Edgy isn't the fucking counterculture now. I don't know what the fucking counterculture is now. I'm not with it, man. I'm a 40-year-old fucking man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is now, um, but they need to embrace whatever it is now because the counterculture changes, but wrestling remains the same. Like, wrestling flows. It goes with every generation's counterculture. You can embrace it. Be it, be it the 1960s when you had motherfuckers coming out, like, uh... So you had like 60s and it's like so you have Flair out there with the long – like not Flair but like who the fuck am I talking about? Uh, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers out there with the fucking flowing hair being a motherfucker. Like there's just things you can do. The 1970s, you had the glam era, man. You had motherfuckers coming out wearing makeup, dressed like women, embracing counterculture and getting over that way, man. And that's what wrestling needs today. And except I don't know what that – again, don't know what that counterculture is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that you would need to embrace to bring in that mass media. I don't know, man. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I, I'm just, like I said, I look, the, we the, the counterculture embracing that we grew up with was the best. And that was in the middle of the Monday Night Wars. Uh, you know, my argument is now, imagine if they weren't mainstream. Imagine if we stay with that counterculture. And as counterculture does, the mainstream dies off, right? Here's the thing, Mike. When it was at its hottest, what we guesstimated, they'll sometimes say, oh, 10 million people watching wrestling on a Monday night. I mean, I think there was a lot of overlap. So let's just say four and a half, right? Four yeah. and a half between the channel flippers watching wrestling. We're now hoping to get over 2 million on a... Friday and over trying to push to two on a Monday in the pandemic era. And that's not necessarily because of the dying off of fans, but it's part of it. And it's also a large part of the way people watch TV. But imagine if we didn't have that surge, you know, imagine if they, I'm sorry, imagine if that surge died off. Imagine if they stayed the way they were. And it turned more people away. I, I'm just saying you need the financial that they have from these TV deals to have a network, to have the 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 income base they have that has allowed an AEW to exist. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. If WWE doesn't get a couple billion dollar TV deals, we're not sure that AEW is actually on TV right now. I mean, it might be a thing, but it might not be on TNT. You get, you get what I'm saying? So, like, I hate to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I hate to say, well, oh, this just sucks because of the corporate boardroom. That's a big part of it. You're not wrong. But it's, I blame it on the internet and I blame it on society more than anything else. And I don't know that in our culture right now, I feel like both companies are really doing the best they can. AEW pushes it more, but dude, they're going to get hit. And they're not even to the million mark yet on, what, once? They're not even consistent. Like, that's what I'm saying. They're still technically kind of subculture-y anyway, or counterculture-y anyway. You get what I'm go where I'm going with this? Like, I just think 
man, we live in a shitty society right now. <laughs> yeah. No one has any fun. You can't do anything silly or crazy or outlandish because you're you're cut off by social justice warriors. And I really think that it all kind of is encompassed in the same thing. Real quick, Mike. Retribution. You said it was snake butt, snake bit. I agree with you, but God damn, did they pull me back in with Ali being the leader? I'm interested in this. I'm totally interested. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. I just think it's really interesting that this is where we're going. I think it kind of came out of left field, and that's why I like it. It also like, makes total sense it's now. Exactly what I was gonna say. And like, it came out of left field, but like, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Because you were like, all right, so it's all time back in. The hacker. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. Um, I'm 100% back in on at least seeing where this goes. And I I mean, hey, maybe this is... Maybe this ends up being a great story. Mike, real quick. 30 Years of Jericho on Wednesday Night Dynamite. I think people have realized if they look at the time, we're not getting into the... The whole Wednesday Night War. But here's the thing, man. I was a little disappointed in this. Not the episode. I actually enjoyed this episode of Dynamite. I was disappointed in the, how big of a deal they seemed to make 30 years of Chris Jericho with the celebrities and retired wrestlers congratulating him. And then we got to cap it off with the match against Luther, tagging with Hager, and uh, a half-assed MJF promo at the end. Yeah, I just, meh, right? You know? It was very meh. It was no festival of friendship. <laughs> no. No, not at all. And I just, I Like, I, I was know. expecting, like, like, Jericho usually knocks these fucking things out of the park. I mean, you... Yeah, skit. There's not like even this. an argument there. This it's is a fucking, one of the way. This was a fucking skit, is what it was. And he usually knocks mm -hmm. these things out of the fucking park, and it just, it just did nothing for me, man. And I, like the MJF promo was weak. Uh, the clown thing. I don't know what that was about. Uh, it was, I don't know, man. It was all very WWE to me. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even think like, I don't even think that's a fair statement. Uh, cause sometimes they do bad skits and sometimes they do very good skits. Uh, like the Festival of Friendship, like, uh, the this is your life, the original, I'm not and then they do the, they the ones that are terrible, like the Bailey one. I'm not saying they don't do good skits. I just the idea of there was a clown under there, and then it, the present was a picture of MJF. Like it all felt like something I. It felt tossed together, like they didn't know what they were doing. Felt like something I. It just felt like a rehash of a lot of different things I'd seen before. Yeah. It did. Um, I mean, it is what it is. I, I was a little let down by it. I expected more, but that's kind of my whole, that's my whole gimmick with AEW, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I, like, expected more as well. MJF's, like, one of my 
favorite performers in the world right now, so... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it is what it is. Guys, stay, uh, stay posted. <laughs> That's kind of a pun there. Stay posted to the uh, Facebook page, to our Twitter account, uh, at DriveByPod. Uh, we're going to be sending out a survey, probably uh, by the time you hear this podcast, hopefully, uh, about Halloween and your favorite, I guess, scary slash horror gimmick in pro wrestling. Uh, we're going to be doing a Halloween special this year, guys. I don't know why we haven't done this before, Mike, but we're doing it this year. We might have some special tr- treats in store for you, uh, but we want you involved. We want your info, so... I'm going to be sending it out there so we can get an idea and get this show together, Mike. So, like I said, keep the keep the eyes on the Facebook page, PWE. You'll be getting your own link. You know that. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Do us a favor. Go give us a review on iTunes. I don't care if it's one star, but I prefer it be five stars. And just tell us how great we are. It helps the show get out to more people. Anything else from you, Mike? Um, no. I'm good. <laughs> Uh, Alright, <laughs> I think that's fair this week. Uh, thanks again for holding up uh, the weight last week. You did a hell of a job. Guys, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We'll catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive-By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.